If you've attended any church services at the chapel here lately, or been a part of any of our recent leaders' meetings, or talked to me personally, or been a part of any of our recent events and outreaches, you most likely have heard the words service, mission, outreach, again and again and again and again. And the reason for this is because over the last six months or so, God has been calling me to really wrestle with how those words relate to our church's vision and purpose. How does the word church relate to the word world? How does worship relate to outreach? How does our unique and distinct vision as a church relate to our purpose in this community and in the world? So service, outreach, worship, vision, all these things are kind of stirring in my heart and God's not letting them go. He's pushing me forward saying, explore this, explore this. And so more and more, uh, we're talking about it as a church. We're doing more things along these lines. Our services are starting to be impacted in ways that reflect this wrestling with what does the word service, what does the word mission have to do with our specific vision as a church. And so I thought what I might do is take a couple of minutes here and hopefully do this a few times to kind of talk about vision and talk about some of the concepts that I'm wrestling with. Maybe it'd be a way for you to understand where my heart is at and what God's saying to me and things I'm growing in and exploring but also to be a part of the conversation to bring your thoughts, your prayers, your visions to the table as God shapes what these conversations become, who we grow into. And in some ways, they're very familiar conversations. You know, our church's motto has always been people helping people to help people. So we have this mentality built into us, but um, I'm asking the question in new ways. I feel like God is asking even new parts of the question that we've not asked before. And so it's definitely a growth moment for us. So I thought a good way to start the conversation, uh, kind of a couple of visual words to uh, introduce us to a couple of these concepts are the words balance and connection. And so I just want to take a couple minutes to talk about how those two words relate to this vision, to our purpose, and to the thoughts that God is calling me and us to wrestle with. So first, balance. Jesus, when he was asked, you know, what's the greatest commandment? What does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to be a follower of God? What does it mean for us to be a disciple? He kind of gave this broad definition that he broke up into two parts. He said, love God and love your neighbor. So when he was asked, what does it mean to be a believer? What does it mean to follow? Does it mean to have a full faith? He gave two components. He did not just say, follow God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. He said, love God and love your neighbor. So he gave two pieces to it. Christ has given us a two-part discipleship definition. Now, if you look at Christians and at churches, denominations, even individuals, you'll see that they kind of separate this in different ways. And that's why I want us to think about the word balance. Some people take of this full 100% of that definition and take like 90% of it and say, love your neighbor. And so the church focuses primarily on outreach, on community service, on meeting the needs of the poor, uh, the lost and the lonely in their community. And then the 10% is what they do in terms of their own personal private worship, their own personal services. So they end up kind of focusing on loving neighbor and then supplementing with direct worship, personal worship, prayer, services, uh, times of worship and praise. Other churches have a very different percentage. They have, say, 90% of their services being teaching how to dig deeper into scripture, how to pray, how to worship, uh, fellowship groups within the church. And then 
how do we reach out in the community? Now, these churches are strong on worship services and teaching, and then they think, how can we take this and apply it to our coworker? How can we apply it to the community around us? Every Christian, every church has to decide where this middle point is, but it's not a fully Christian definition unless it includes both loving God and loving our neighbor. So the reason that balance for me is the perfect question right now, the one I'm wrestling with, is what does it look like for our church to be balanced? What does it look like for that mark to land somewhere in the middle? Not in a legalistic, you know, 50% kind of a way, but what if it was more balanced, you know, sort of half and half in those ways? What would it look like for our church if half of our ministries were inward focused, helping us to grow closer to God as individuals, and half were outward focused? You know, half of our church ministries are for us and half aren't for us. They're from us for others. What about in our, our finances? What would it look like if half of our budget was fostering our own personal relationship with God and half of our budget was helping other people come to know Christ, loving our neighbor? Um, what would it look like if our Sundays, we have 52 Sundays in the year, what would it look like if half of our Sundays were for us and half of our Sunday mornings were not for us, they were for others? Or within a church service, what would it look like if half of a Sunday morning was spent in personal, deep connection with God, and half of our Sunday morning was spent in reaching out to the poor and the lost and the lonely next to us, or even the sermon itself. What if half of my sermon was talking about our relationship to God, and half of our sermon, my sermon, was about how does this relate to the people that are not us? You know, when you start thinking about it in terms of half and half, and again, not a legalistic, like we need to measure our money, and if one penny is more on this side or that side, then we're not balanced, but just seeking to center, not valuing what we have with God over what others need with God. Because Jesus didn't do that. He put them both in the same sentence, the same phrase, and said, love God and love your neighbor. Now, it's our job as a church, through the leading of the Holy Spirit, to figure out where that balance lies. I think historically we've been heavy on the teaching and the discipleship and seeking out God for ourselves and then praying about what it looks like for us to go out then and individually minister to our co-workers. You know, we've had Hands of Hope projects that occasionally take us out, and some of us have participated in all those, some have participated in a few. I'm wondering what it looks like for us to value more heavily the words service, mission, outreach, to bring this thing a little bit more balanced, more towards the middle in how we use our money, in how we organize our ministries, and how we do our leadership, in how we use our Sunday mornings, in how we use our sermons, in everything. Now, the reason I said we need to focus on two words is because balance kind of gives us this question. But it's almost a misleading question in some ways unless you think about the word connection as well. Because it's a false separation to separate loving God from loving neighbor. Because God himself in scripture constantly says that when we love our neighbor, we're loving God. And to truly love God, we must love our neighbor. Think of 1 John 4, you know, anyone who does not love his neighbor, who does not give his physical needs to someone, the love of God can't be in him. James talked about faith and works. You know, faith without works is dead. They have to be together. We can't over-spiritualize our faith or over-socialize our faith to make it a social commodity only. It has to be both. But both are both. So if you think of it like these are two connected things, loving God and loving our neighbor, and they're part of the same whole, the one disciple of Christ, then Jesus is asking us, raise the bar. Take it from here where it is and raise the bar. Love God and love your neighbor. Raise the bar for what it means to be a disciple and do both. And they're connected. 
The reason they're connected is because you can't do one without the other, but each can either raise or lower the other. Each influences, each is connected. So if we're here, we're trying to raise the bar, and we take steps in our personal faith with God to pray more, and to dig into his scripture more, and to um, worship more, and to just learn more about him, it's going to raise our love for other people that will be visible to people around us. Something's different about you. We will love them better because our souls are being sanctified, becoming more and more looking like the image of God. But the other way is true, too. We can be raised by how we love others. If we make the effort to serve more and more because we say, what has God done for us? I want to do that for others. God loves me when I was a sinner. I want to love sinners. I want to love the precious lost people that God is running after. God's leaving the 99. He's running after the one because he loves every single one. So I want to be that way. So I'm going to run after the one that I see to love them. Well, that's going to bring our faith up. If we say, I care enough about this person next to me to share my faith, well, guess what? You're going to want to know what to say to them, which is going to draw up your desire to read the word and to get closer to God and to rely on the Holy Spirit so you know what words to say. So loving our neighbor draws us closer to God. 1 John 4 again says, No one has ever seen God, but when we love one another, God's love abides in us and is made manifest in our presence. So God literally dwells in us loving one another. So it raises each other, but it goes the other way too, right? If we're trying to love God really well, but we're not treating the people around us with respect, with justice, with compassion, with grace, it's a limitation. You know, you can only get so far trying to pursue this fruitful life with Christ if we're judgmental and hate-filled towards the people around us. But likewise, we can only love people so well if we don't really know God that well. If we're not spending time with him, if we're not digging into his word to know who and what we are and who he is, then we only have so much to offer. And so these can either be inspirations or they can be roadblocks and, and hindrances, hampering us, pulling us down, limitations to how far that bar can get raised. But if we keep it balanced and we're pursuing our personal relationships with God and pursuing reaching out to those around us, they will connectively, cooperatively, raise the bar, then that's what I want for our church, and that's what I want for myself. The scripture that I read is kind of the first introduction to the church as to this whole process of me and God wrestling and talking and thinking about these things was from Isaiah 58. And if you remember, the people of God back then uh, were going to church, doing religion. They were praying all the time, but like, why isn't God answering my prayers? They were trying to get close to God, and he said, is this the kind of fasting that I've chosen? The one where you just put ashes on your head, but then you go and you, you mistreat your laborers and you strike each other with wicked fists? Isn't the real kind of fasting that I've chosen to loosen the cords of injustice? You know, the widows, the fatherless, the needy, the lonely, the, the lost. Because when you care for them, then guess what? Your healing will come. Your prayers will be answered. I'll reach out to you. I'll make you a rebuilder of streets and dwellings, a restorer, a repairer. Gives all these promises. And that's the connectedness of loving our neighbor and loving God. So I'm challenging us to pray about where that balance is and to not value our own personal relationship with God that we already have more than a relationship with God that people need. And I'm also offering a word of caution that we don't swing the pendulum so far that we think that by feeding every hungry person and caring for every familyless child we then don't need to invest in God personally. 
God's not looking for our works to save us. He has saved us. But he's saying in our salvation, there are these two parts. Think of Jesus. He prayed all the time. He was connected to the Father intimately. He was the Father. And he spent his life serving and caring, pouring out his life for people that didn't deserve it, just like I and you don't deserve it. And so if we're going to be a body of Christ, a church, we need to find out where this balance is between committing to both. And I think for us, it's going to require more and more exploration of the loving our neighbor and what it looks like and finding that balance because both are true. And I think when we do, we're going to find God giving us greater spiritual intimacy with him than we've ever experienced. And as a result of that, we're going to find ourselves loving our neighbor more than we ever have before. And we will not only be personally impacted, but we will make an impact in the world around us. That's what Christ did. That's what he calls us to do as his body. So please keep thinking and praying about these things, about balance, about connection. Think about it for yourself, personally, for your family, for your finances, for your time spent. What does it look like? Where's the balance? In what ways are you loving God? In what ways are you loving your neighbor? What does that look like for you? And as they're connected, how are you loving God as you love your neighbor? And how are you loving your neighbor as you love God? Let's seek to raise the bar together. And we'll see what God can build in our midst. I'm excited to see where it goes. And Lord willing, we'll have lots more chances to talk about this and to see it happening right in our midst.